0: Welcome to the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. Before we begin this episode, we would like to thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself as a Pre-PT on your journey to becoming a future doctor of physical therapy. This episode has been sponsored by our Acceptance Navigator Series, which is a free four-part Pre-PT video series where we teach you exactly how to take full control of your PT school acceptance journey as well, as how to find clarity and direction as a pre-PT so that you can dominate your application regardless of your GPA, GRE score, or fear of PT school rejection. Learn how to get into the driver's seat of your acceptance journey and not leave your acceptance to chance by shooting in the dark and hoping for the best as an applicant. This is the most value that we have given away and it's free. Take control of your pre-PT journey today by going to www.acceptancenavigator.com. That's www.acceptancenavigator.com. This episode has also been sponsored by our friends at ptschoolprobe.com. Listen to this. One of the biggest fatal application mistakes that thousands of PT school applicants make each year when applying to PT school is not applying to schools that are a perfect match for them. Partnering with our friends at PT School Probe has made that a problem of the past. As PT School Probe makes it extremely easy to plug in and enter what you're looking for in your ideal schools. And you will be immediately matched up with your perfect match DPT programs in the United States. To get matched and locked into your perfect DPT school programs, go to www.PT ptschoolprobe, prob www.ptschoolprobe.com, and use the code preptgrind in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you there. That's preptgrind for your code. This will save you hundreds of dollars in your application by helping you avoid throwing away money at the wrong schools and saving tens of thousands of dollars lost every year that you miss out on becoming a DPT. So go to www.ptschoolprobe, that's ptschool, P-R-O-B-E, probe.com, and use the code grind in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you. And that's because we got you covered and we are excited to share this next episode with you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast episode. We look forward to serving you, have a blast.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to PrePT Grind, where we help you become the best PrePT applicant and student you can be. My name is Brianna Drapp, and I'm your host for today's faculty highlight interview. I'm excited to be on here today because we have Program Director and Dean of the Doctor of Physical Therapy program at West Coast University, Dr. Annie Burke Doe, joining us today to answer a few questions regarding their program. Thank you, Dr. Berkdo, for taking time out of your day to chat with me.
2: Thank you, Brianna, for having me. I'm excited to just provide some more information about West Coast University for pre-PT students.
1: I'm excited, too. This is going to be really interesting because I personally don't know too much about the university, and I know there's a lot of students from our program who are from California who are probably interested in learning a little bit more as well. Let's dive into the first question. In five minutes or less, tell me about what led you to the profession. So I have
2: maybe a path that's similar to a lot of other folks. I was a professional figure skater. And after I got out of high school, maintained my practice of figure skating and got married and didn't think that I would continue my education until I got pregnant hard to be a figure skater and be pregnant, so I sort of had to think about other options, and education had always been really a highlight in my family. I have a sister who was superintendent of schools, and my father was an administrator in a junior college, so education, I I thought I'd look into it. What I landed on was the Occupational Outlook Handbook, So the federal government each year puts out a book about occupations, and it tells you what background you need, it tells you what kind of income you'll make, it tells you um, what's the need for the future. So at that time, there was a 67% increase in the need for this profession called physical therapy, and they described it as a helping profession. And I don't know if many of you know about figure skating, but figure skating could. Is not really one of those helping professions. It's more competitive. And so I was really kind of drawn to a place where you could help people. They would be recovering from injury. And then that need, that there was a need in, in our population for persons who had that knowledge. So really, that was what, what drew me to it. I really had no idea. I was at the beginning of the journey, the educational preparedness I would need before I got in. But I really thought I could do it, and I was drawn to it in that way. That's funny. I used
1: to figure skate in my younger years, so <laughs> I remember I got to the point where it started getting competitive, and I was like, "Eh, I just like kind of just gliding around on one exactly. skate. I'm, I'm good." But yeah, that would definitely cause you to change perspective. Yeah,
2: to, to change perspectives, yeah. and it, um, and it worked. You know, it was a, a mm-hmm. long haul preparing, getting all the prerequisites, and but I just went along and, you know, kind of marked off all the boxes until I was ready to apply.
1: Yeah, it's definitely the marking off the boxes one step at a time. If you look at all all of it at once, you get overwhelmed. So every step counts towards the goal. I know I'm taking some prereqs right now, so it's a little rough, but we're getting there. That's right. (laughs) So my next question is students put extra work into bettering certain parts of their application to be the best all-around applicant. Since every school values different aspects of the application, what would you say is the aspect of the application that you value the most or that catches your attention when looking through an application?
2: We really use a system. We have a director of admissions who collates all the material that the students send. So we look at each part uniquely in that we're looking, for example, at GPAs. We're looking at our interview component. And all of that information is really ranked. And then the person is identified as sort of a top candidate or not. So we try to look at equally each of the components. More recently, we've really tried to focus on increasing diversity in our student population. So we made a couple of of changes that we will be studying over time for effectiveness. One is now we're looking at the last 60 units of the undergraduate degree for the GPA calculation, trying to account for the time maybe a student was new in the process of their college education and maybe didn't do so well that first semester and didn't you know acclimate. So hopefully that will allow a broader perspective of students that can apply based on that criteria. And we've also added a situational judgment test really a test that tries to provide hypothetical scenarios and see how persons respond. And it's really to catch some of the skills that we think is important in our profession of physical therapy, empathy, problem solving, professionalism, resilience, equity, motivation. So those are kind of key components of success. So we're looking at the situational judgment test to provide us some background in that area as well. I've never heard of that
1: before, the situational judgment test. I think that's really important because a lot of the questions that I've heard people being asked with something similar to that, they kind of catch you off guard and keep you on your toes. So I think that's like really important for students to like get a glimpse of that. Do you do that during your interview process or is it part of your questions?
2: This will be prior to the interview process and it's now on the PTCAS. Um, requirements for our school. Currently, the company that we work with is called Altus Assessment, and it's the test is called the Casper test. Again, trying to potentially use it instead of some of these criteria that knock persons out, um, like the GRE score. So we'll look at it over time, trying to develop a more holistic admissions process versus just a bunch of numbers that score persons and um, we don't really get to know them as as much as we'd like.
1: That's super, like, I've never heard of that being like an online test before. That's pretty cool. Um, so the person that students would want to contact for any sort of admissions questions, that would be Mary tatoyan right? That's
2: right, Mary tatoyan at West Coast University.
1: And I think her information can be found on the PTCAS directory, correct?
2: Yes. and. Okay. Um, Maybe there's, uh, we also have, for example, virtual tour, uh, tours um, where mm-hmm. you can see the campus now during you know, campus closures or, um, or if you're from far away. So there's some other um, useful information that can be provided that the student might find helpful. So that kind of leads us into our next question for a
1: student that does come visit the campus there's a good chance they're only going to see so much of the campus or the program. What are some things that are unique about your program that a student might not typically see on a tour, but rather only a student in the program would see your experience this could be interprofessional opportunities research opportunities
2: some type of form of teaching, such as PBL or maybe even their cadaver lab. So our campus is unique. Again, it's in downtown Los Angeles and it's called the Center for Graduate Studies. So you do share the campus with pharmacy students as well as occupational therapy students and physician assistant students will soon be joining us um, at the center. The campus itself, we have um, a little mini simulation lab, So it simulates an acute care hospital for acute care beds with, you know, IV poles, bedside tables, a mannequin to kind of bring to life. What would it be like to transfer a person post-surgical, maybe with a chest wound? What do you do? How would that look And also in this area, we have, you know, standardized video from one area to another so that students can watch these simulations. Being in Los Angeles, we have the ability to have actors that come in, and they're thrilled to play the roles um, that students need to help them kind of bring that real-world preparation so that they're prepared uh, when they go out in the clinic. We also have a research lab, so we have virtual reality, we have motion analysis, we have platform, pressure platform, body weight, partial body weight treadmill training, um, and and some other research equipment. So we are really student-focused as far as are programmatic and so research isn't something that you have to do to complete our program, but you're definitely exposed to research as a consumer as well as participating in faculty activities. Other unique components are that IPE in that we have these other professionals training and we'll work with them. So uh, West Coast University also has other campuses in Los Angeles, so we have high-tech simulation In our other Los Angeles area, Orange County has two campuses as well. Um, And we have an innovation lab, an innovation hub um, that um, students participate in trying to come up with how would they like to learn? Um, So for example, we've developed an app with medical terminology called MediBytes that students um, receive as part of being a member of the campus and they also participate in this innovation lab where we have all kinds of opportunities to look at high-tech and low-tech problem solving. We also use an app called Remind where you can um, get messages from the faculty and the faculty can contact you and We found that most students will respond within about 30 seconds, depending on time of day. So it's been very effective in order to get that question answered that you need. And we're looking at those types of solutions. Where do students study? Are they doing some study on their phone? Are they doing some study on their commute? Are they doing some study in their home? And how do we sort of meet them where they need? Yeah, those are (laughs) are some of our campus activities and why we think we're a good program to come to.
1: That is the most like high tech answer I've ever received. And that is so cool, especially the app being able to communicate and even the medical terminology, because do you guys require medical
2: terminology as one of your prerequisite courses? We do. We ask that, you know, the language of medicine is unique. And so let's say you go in first semester and I'm using vocabulary that you have not yet heard or mastered. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my gosh, if I could break that word down into its roots, prefixes, suffixes, then at least I could try to figure out, you know, where we're going. And as we look at, you know, the future of medicine, we're only acquiring um, new vocabulary all the times. Who had heard of a, you know, COVID-19 coronavirus and who had heard of genomics and um, that type of information that's now in our classroom? right? We need to know the genetic background of our patient because that's going to help us see how they recover.
1: It was a very informative and in-depth answer regarding that. And that just some of the stuff you were talking about, I was like, that sounds so cool. Just especially the, because I know with email correspondence with students, sometimes it just doesn't go through or it just is delayed. <laughs> so
2: using that app is, yeah, it's called the Remind app. Um, and that's something you can all Google as well and kind of see a little bit about it. I like that. A lot.
1: But okay, so for our next question, for a student who's accepted into your program and is there for the next three years, what kind of resources would you provide them to put them in the best position to help them succeed? This would be either tutoring, mentoring other students, or the use of faculty mentors.
2: So when you arrive on campus, it has been different, right, because everything kind of pivoted to this virtual ability. But I think we can go back and speak to students will be on campus this fall so California was one of the later states to open up in fact just June 15 mask mandates and the like have been reduced what we do is we spend time, you know, orienting you to the program, Um, we have a number of departments, for example, we have student services so student services helps really kind of bridge the gap they provide webinars on study skills they provide a personal one-on-one conversations um, they support our student groups and we have a, a student group called you and I that helps um, students maybe acclimate more to the campus and it's run by a faculty member in uh, the DPT program dr. Dustin Willis and it helps students that may you know have got on campus and maybe have a little bit of anxiety, like, am I supposed to be here? And how do I connect? So it kind of bridges you straight away. We also have career services. Career services helps the students really prepare for different aspects of Internship, for example, resume writing, providing you skills for your LinkedIn site. And then later in the curriculum, they'll be providing interview skills. And then later, they'll be helping you land that job. So we try to look at that student journey from our initial meet and greet, which happens during the summer before, to our orientation when you get on campus. We also have study pals that are students in the program that help in our labs um, to prepare the students, kind of um, let you know where they had success. And one of the first things that I participate in is really getting metacognitive skills for success. So really a lecture on how the brain works, how it's gonna store information and how to make the learning stick. So there are definitely some techniques that we can use. We have wonderful mental health services. This has really been developed kind of during COVID and now as we post COVID to support students where they are, mindfulness, um, wellness activities that we can do in the present time or um, remotely. Our library services are amazing. Um, we use products like Access Physiotherapy, um, which provides the textbooks to students. Um, so they're e-textbooks and uh, videos, resources, and that are um, offered through the library to the students so that you have that current text that might not have been accessible previously, maybe due to finances or other reasons. And then finally, one of the other activities that the, really the faculty of uh, Doctor Physical Therapies, we work on what we call the National Physical Therapy um, Exam Success Plan for the students. So the students in their final year are out in clinic. But we have them start with the six-month plan, kind of working backwards. um, What is their exam date? And then what is their objectives and key results that they want to produce while they're waiting for this um, exam to arrive? So we offer um, courses, online test prep. um, We use what they call the practice exam and assessment tool by the um, Federation of uh, State board of physical therapy that writes the test so students take these practice exams along to prepare them for that success so really again we look at that student journey right when you arrive and work toward um, your success as um, one of our leaders at west coast always says no student comes to a program not to succeed so we're there to you know if you are admitted to our program we're dedicated to your success um, and long-term, lifelong success through our alumni association as well.
1: I think that's really important that you guys focus a lot on making sure that students are taking those PEts and getting them out of the way and doing well on them and setting up the whole practice preparation period for the boards. It's so much more helpful to have that structure to have that prep. So I'm glad you, really you guys want are to there provide to a framework.
2: Students right? And Mm -hmm. there's uniqueness within it, the framework, but I want the students to say, wow, I was supported during that process. And again, you know, we, uh, we always look at it as a, as a finish line, right? You don't want to fall short before the finish line. And after you graduate, there's one point in time, taking your exam is another point in time, landing the job is another point in time. And then even beyond that, maybe you're going to do a fellowship or a residency, It's, you know, you're really committed to a profession that continues to develop you over time.
1: I think that's so important that you guys are there to support their students every step of the way. That's the main thing I look for in a, regardless of where I am for a program, for a job or something. I want the people around me to be supporting me, even if I'm having like the worst week of my life, that they're all there for me and my mental health and physical health. So diving into our next question, for a student who applies to your program, what can they expect on the timeline of a decision? If your program conducts interviews or preview days, what can a student expect over the course of the day?
2: So I reached out to our admissions lead, uh, Mary Tatoyan, and we talked a little bit about that the PTCAS cycle opens in July um, each year, and it stays open until March. So coming up for West Coast University in uh, 2022 admissions, um, that's sort of the time that the cycle will be open. Um, You can apply the whole time. I know that when it goes through PTCAS, your information gets sort of packaged and then presented. So you, you don't want to wait till the deadline. Let's say it closed, you know, March 1st. Don't submit anything March 1st. Submit February 1st. Just because if there's a two-week lag of their processing, that could end up with your application not being completed in time. Um, So that's sort of a recommendation. We also do multiple interviews. So, again, the information gets put into a spreadsheet. The students get ranked and then invited for those interviews. After each interview period, we'll send out... Um decisions two to three weeks afterwards. Um, so we don't send out all our decisions at once. And that is kind of how the processing goes. Um, Mary Tatoyan is wonderful communicating, getting back to you, um, letting you know timelines. Um, so a great way, if you need information, is reaching out to the admissions department.
1: Are you guys on rolling admissions
2: or what do you guys have a specific deadline? And then you look at all of your applications. We kind of roll it over time, but then there is a cutoff point and that would be in March. I always like to make sure that students know if it's rolling or not, because that means get your application in as soon as you can. And as soon as it's done and complete and pretty looking. Yeah. It, you know, again, if, if I did it by the deb- deadline, it wouldn't be processed through the PTCAS system. And so you would miss out on our, at least on our cycle. You want to kind of do it ahead of time as much as you can.
1: Um, okay, so our next question is for many students they are going right from their undergraduate degree to their graduate degree while others may be non-traditional students. No matter what the case is everyone may experience first day jitters. What can a student expect on the first day of
2: weaker classes in your program? So again we'll orient you, we do a meet and greet with the other students, sort of a breakfast get you used to the campus, introduce you to some of those departments that we talked about. We'll introduce the metacognitive strategies so that you can, you know, out of the gate sort of look at how could I improve my note writing, how can I um, be prepared for class. You meet with each of the faculty as well, introductions, but you'll be assigned a faculty mentor. So that faculty mentor will break you into a smaller group where maybe you could ask more intimate questions that if you don't feel comfortable in the group. Additionally, you're gonna get our information to contact us and we'll try to make you part of the DPT family um, and connect you. One of our focuses is connecting you with not only other students, faculty, our alumni, but connect you with the community as well other programs. So hopefully you'll feel like I'm meant to be here and I belong and I think that's, you know, one of our biggest pieces.
1: I'm glad you guys do that cuz I know a lot of students struggle with that whole imposter
2: syndrome thinking that am I even worthy of this? Right. Well, and I think the you and I organization is part of that. They spend time, you know, saying, "No, you were admitted and you're we have confidence in you and they do exercises about you know, how to really be more calm and um, self-aware that I can do this. And again, showing you the skills that you came with that got you here and helping you continue with those and adding to that toolkit of success.
1: That's awesome. I, I really like that because I know it's something that I sometimes struggle with. Um, I do have a quick question going back to those metacognitive studies. Could you give me, if you're allowed to, give me a quick preview of what that kind of looks like or what kind of skills
2: you guys are teaching your students? Sure. Um, The metacognitive strategies talk about, you know, what makes um, the brain kind of remember things. So if you think at, at some of the neurologic function, let's say at night, For example, your brain files important things and it throws out non-important things. So let's say I studied and quickly memorized all this information and then I went the next day and produced it on a test. Fabulous. Metacognitive studies would, while you're learning this activities, maybe you're going to make a mind map. Um, The mind map or the picture of the content. And maybe in the mind map, you have questions that you're going to ask on the side that help link the information. So that would be an example of one way to make the information go from your short-term memory and now this long-term memory. But before you go to bed, you look at the mind map and you review it one more time, telling your brain, don't throw this out tonight. This is not you know, something, I want you to go and file it into storage. And it's really, you know, well studied this neurocognitive ability. So for example, if you and I right now, if I were to say, you know, the word diabetes, does anything come up in your mind?
1: Well, I'm thinking of my cousin who has type 1 diabetes and okay. all the stuff she has to go through to make sure that she's keeping her glucose levels appropriate, all of her pumps and site changes and stuff like that. I'm thinking back to different conditions that I learned about in school that are associated with type 2 diabetes, such as adhesive capsulitis and any sort of um, vascular conditions and peripheral neuropathies. Like I'm just going off of <laughs>
2: pretty yeah, much everything so i learned. Perfect. So that's that right there is a metacognitive theory. So you already have some neurons that have fired and are looking in your um, memory areas of the brain. So now, when you go to class, maybe you've jotted this down, then we can add to that. You could say, okay, type one, you know, absolute insufficiency. The body does not make any insulin. So now you're, whether it's new, knowledge or not you're starting to connect to pieces of content and connecting that content will build more learning and, and memory so those are the things that we talk about how do you study how do you kind of pre-study what do your notes look like um, I don't know if you've ever seen Cornell note writing um, but how they kind of fold the page and each part of the page has specific areas and it you know has you use this note taking system to help promote learning. So there's lots of little techniques and um, probably techniques that folks already know about, but putting it all together as you prepare to start um, medical school uh, might just you know, be that kicker to have you get the grades that you want. But more important um, is be the, the practitioner that you want so that you can you know, improve society's movement abilities and function.
1: I like that a lot. Thanks for going through that with me because I think that's sure. a good example of how it works. And I know there's a lot of different ways people like to study and how they like to get information in their brain. And it's just interesting seeing like actual research literature reasoning why we do the things we do. Cause it's just right. interesting how everybody's different, but
2: there's stuff that works for every like everybody there based is. on their and, brain. And people talk about the modality of writing, right? And how that goes in. And are there studies that, you know, kind of compare Quizlet to handwriting and we could look at those and say, okay, you know, here's here's what they found based on that. But you're right, everyone in the end, it's important to know your learning style and, you know, using it going going forward. Are you visual? Are you auditory? Are you some kind of a of a combination? Or do you need to write notes? I think the best thing, at least that what
1: helped me in PTA school and probably helps students in PT school, is to recognize everything that you're learning is going to connect to a real patient. So if you're like annoyed learning about the hand, well, and like the hand and wrist, well, you might have a patient with complex regional pain syndrome that it's affecting everything there that yeah. you have to start looking the whole into arm, it, The whole entire yeah. arm.
2: <laughs> that's a fun one, but right. just well, stuff and, like that. And what is structure. the, yeah, what's the neuro piece of that, right? I mean, that's really when pain has gone from peripheral pain to centralized pain. And those are two completely different, you know, mechanisms of I always say I teach pharmacology so mechanism of action or mechanism of pathology kind of a oh man pharmacology challenge (laughs)
1: <laughs> that was that was a rough bit for me. Thank God my best friend is a pharmacy student. Well, he's fun. Oh, like, cool. So I'm like, hey, Paul, can you explain <laughs> this to me in like normal people terms? He's like, that's the one that makes your heart go new. And I'm like, oh, okay, that works. There you go. <laughs> so something just he had so tricks. Cool. Yep, yeah. it, it helps me out. And then, like, I don't know, it's a fun way to remember it. Then you know what it's doing. It's like, oh yeah, beta blockers, they make your heart go chill and it's no, not moving. Right. So gotta use rate of perceived exertion.
2: There you go. And you'll hear that in PT school.
1: Oh yeah, it'll all come back around yeah. again. I'm kind of excited to learn it from the point of like PT, like doing the examination because like sometimes we are the first person to see this patient.
2: So That's right with our direct access.
1: Yeah, because we have direct access in PA. So yeah, it's okay. everywhere now, right? I think direct access. Well, is-
2: or like in California, that it's not unfettered. We have a few. Um, after a certain amount of time, we need. We still need a physician's.
1: Yeah, I um, think it's thirty days. Yeah. For us.
2: And um, Medicare still wants a physician's mm-hmm. um, signature on our care plans. And, and
1: Medicare controls everything.
2: Right. it's important. <laughs> it's to all help about
1: people. Medicare. That's just how the cookie crumbled. <laughs> So my next question is, we know there are a lot of pre-PTs out there that have a rough start to their journeys and might have lower grades and find themselves in a situation where they decide to lock in on PT later on in their journey. At Pre-PT Grind, our mission is to help push and guide students to take the correct course of action to ultimately allow them to get into PT school. For a student with a low or lower GPA who wants to get into
2: PT school, what would you recommend? So like I spoke to previously, that we we kind of changed our admission requirements a little bit so that hopefully that would provide grace um, to students who maybe didn't do as well academically. We do require a 3.0 for the last 60 units of undergraduate degree. We do allow prerequisites to be retaken, um, so that can be helpful, but I guess be as mindful as you can with your undergraduate work. It's hard to lock down as you said what you're going to do in the future. You know, we all, you know, make mistakes and do the best that you can. You know, just be mindful in your work and have a mission and and go forward. But we I do think a lot of programs are trying to be more holistic and and broaden their requirements so that it's not so rigid just
1: as a question for you guys, your 60 credit hours, that's just the last 60 credit hours. That's just for your undergraduate, not for any post back work, correct? Correct. I saw that on your website. I don't want to make note of that because some programs are just like the last 60 credit hours that you've taken and not specifying that it's just for your undergrad. Yeah. ours well,
2: says undergrad. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure of that because yeah.
1: there's some things that people, some people, I just I don't understand how students just apply to programs and don't even look at the website.
2: Right. It's well, crazy. and I think that's a, a technique too, that mm-hmm. you know, be thorough in what you're looking at and treat the the process that you're you get to make a choice and you're and it's an investment. So in small and large ways, is the location, does the faculty you know, what's, what is their focus? All of those things really, you know, make a decision because it is a, like you said, a three-year commitment. So you want to be happy with your choice in the end. And if you haven't looked into it, um, even the financial literacy part, you know, look into the, the finances. What's the job market in the end? Will you be able to meet that commitment? Is it the right field? You know, all those are our big decisions. But if you're looking into any career, that's what you want to do. And that occupational outlook handbook is helpful to sort of tell you about, you know, careers. Research, I think, is an important research the programs.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the big things we talk about at Pre-PT Grind. We're like, you need to know this program inside and out. You need to know who the people are that work there, what they stand for, how their application right. process looks. I even ask them, when will I be taking the NPTE? So then I know what time it's, the time frame it's looking at that I might be able to
2: you know, start paying back all those loans. Right, yeah. So for us, it's in the October cycle of the NPTE. And it's hard, the students are working in clinic. So the, you know, I'm like, well, your schedule can look different now. You know, your objectives, your outcomes. And they actually just took the peat. So I, we use it as diagnostic, right? Now that's baseline. Don't be worried. Don't be scared. We have all this time now to say, here's your strengths. Here's areas um, that you can improve in. Some students, you know, didn't even really review the blueprint, which tells you a lot. This is what's on the exam. This is how many questions in this area these are important pieces to the puzzle so that you're not, you know, you can organize how you'll study.
1: I like the PEAT because it's the exact same length as the test. It's the exact same like colors as what the test actually looks like. And it's just, I think it's definitely the best thing that people can use because it's made by the FSBPT. That's right. It's so retired it's, exams. Yeah. So yeah. definitely use those to your advantage and yeah. don't waste time And we provide that to the
2: students. We, we purchase it and as well as a test prep course. And also through the McGraw Hill site, there's an MPTE test prep as well. So there there are resources available to the students.
1: I think all those are great resources and students definitely need to take advantage of all of those because those are expensive to pay out of pocket.
2: That's right. Yeah.
1: So my last question for you is, and I think you might've touched on this a little bit, is what is one piece of advice you would give to any applicant during their pre-PT journey?
2: don't give up i would say just work hard research the the field from you know what does the professional organization look like what is the academic journey what happens afterwards and if you find that this is a passion um go for it and just continue to strive you know for excellence you know because a lot of people will you know maybe say this isn't right for you or try to choose something else but if you've done your you know research and your homework based on it there'll be a place for you in the field um, it's a beautiful profession
1: I agree with that don't give up because I gave up on it for a couple of years because I was like I'm not smart enough I can't handle it and I regret giving up on myself then and I'm proud that I stopped giving up on myself and I'm trying again yeah because it's if you really want to be a PT like just go for it get go all in hundred percent treat it like a full-time job trying to get in just and make sure you take care of yourself along the way
2: your mental and physical health it's very important yes yes it really is is kind of a balance that you have to look at you know all those all those pieces so well it's been wonderful I'm yeah that was all my questions wonderful and yeah. um, i'm glad you're providing you know folks who are looking into the profession opportunities to get more information please thank you for considering West Coast University on your um, options. We're glad to be part of the student journey and the physical therapy profession.
1: Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it.
3: What's up guys, it's Casey, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. Now this episode was sponsored by the Acceptance Navigator series, which is a free four-part Pre-PT video series where we teach you exactly how to take full control of your PT school acceptance journey, as well as how to find clarity and direction as a pre-PT so that you can dominate your application regardless of your GPA, GRE score, or your dreaded fear of rejection. So learn how to take the driver's seat, the driver's seat of your acceptance journey and to not leave your acceptance just up to chance by shooting in the dark and hoping for the best as an applicant. Like this is the most value we've ever given away and it's free and it's free. So take full control of your pre-PT journey today by going to www.acceptancenavigator.com. www.acceptancenavigator.com. This episode was also brought to you by our friends at ptschoolprobe.com. That's ptschoolprobe.com. Now, one of the biggest fatal application mistakes that thousands of PT school applicants make each year is when applying to PT school without even like having the right match for you as an applicant so partnering up with our friends at pt school probe has made this problem a thing of the past pt school Probe makes it extremely easy to like just you plug in what you want you click this you click that and boom it spits out exactly what you're looking for in a school whether it's cost location clinicals this and that you put it in you do 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 and that's it that's it it spits out exactly what you're looking for no more stress No more searching, no more anxiety, put in what you want and bam, the right matches for you and what you're looking for pop up just like that. So to get matched and locked into your perfect DPT school program, go to ptschoolprobe.com. That's www.ptschoolprobe, like P-R-O-B-E.com, ptschoolprobe.com and use our code preptgrind in all lowercase to get a discount and let them know that. Your good friends at FreePT Grind sent you on over. Like this will save you hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars by making sure that you apply to the right schools. So again, ptschoolprobe.com. That's www.ptschoolprobe.com and use our code FREEPTGRIND in all lowercase. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next one.